Welcome to The God Solution, a place where we discuss solid evidence for the Christian faith and interviews with leading Christian apologists. Each week, you'll be encouraged in your faith and equipped to defend it and share it in your daily life. You can find out more about The God Solution at godsolutionshow.com. Well, welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Grant Percet, and I have on Professor Clay Jones. How are you, Professor Jones? I'm very well. Thank you for having me on, Grant. Absolutely, absolutely. I want to start off. People need to know uh, that you're a professor at Biola. You were on this show last, and we talked about your great book, Why Does God Allow Evil? Highly recommend it. And one of the reasons I recommend it is you summarize so much other work, and you do really the hard work to bring us down to really the brass tacks and the main points to understand the problem of evil. And so thank you for that book and the work you've done there. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that uh, you found it helpful, so that's wonderful. Absolutely. And uh, normally, you know, I kind of do this at the end, but right up front, can you give your blog and the best way for people to follow what you're working on? Well, my blog is just claydjones.net, and people can find me on Facebook if they wish. And, and uh, I'm uh, at, on Twitter at Clay. B. Jones, so it's just at Clay B. Jones on Twitter, and so those are the ways to best get in contact with me, and on my blog is my uh, email address even if people are so inclined to write a note to me. Excellent, excellent. Well, I had you as a professor on the class, The Problem of Evil. I want to say it was back in like 2013, 14 time frame, and I'm assuming you're still doing that class. I am. Excellent, excellent. Well, keep doing it, and if anyone has a chance to go to Biola, I just highly recommend it. I had a fantastic experience, and uh, Professor Jones, i got to say this. I mean this as a compliment. You had the most Bible verses of any teacher there, and and a lot of people show Bible verses. They're solid teachers and sincere, but you really brought the book to light and brought a lot of verses for us, so you backed everything up you were talking about biblically. Well, good. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that, because frankly, if it's not about the Bible, ultimately, when it comes to answering what, why God allows evil, uh, I don't think we're answering the question. So that's great. I'm with you. With you. That's why we're called the God Solution. And if anyone wants to hear the interview that we did before, you can go to www.godsolution.com and look for past shows um, as the other shows are there also. Well, Professor Jones, let's jump into it. Thank you for coming on and talking about the Crusades. And I just to set the stage, let me just say that I got shut down. It's been several years before. Actually, it was before your class. Thank you. (laughs) But I was shut down a little bit because I was talking about Islam in a secular environment and somebody gave the the trump card what about the crusades and the conversation kind of moved on really quickly from there so it didn't really maybe appear that I was shut down but I took a very strong mental note I realized I did not have a lot of things to say if I had to defend that and so I kind of want to start it off by asking you, um, how do you start the conversation or how would you prepare someone to start understanding how to answer that question when someone says, what about the Crusades? Well, I think that you need to start with why the Crusades were called 
and uh, I, I and I think there's no better place to go for that than to read what Pope Urban II said as he was preaching the reason for the for Europe to start crusading. The first crusade was called in 1095, and basically, uh, and I have a large section of this in my blog, the truth about the crusades. But basically, what Pope Urban said is that the Christians were being tortured to death. Uh, that women were being raped, people are, you know, they're doing all kinds of terrible things to people, which I won't bother getting into now. Some of them are frankly sickening. I, like I said, I mentioned them on my blog. And I think we need to just look at this kind of thing and and realize why the Crusades were called. And if that's if this is true... Uh, and it is, and and I just challenge your listeners. If anybody says, "Oh no, I'm sure that wasn't happening," uh, I think that's well, it's ridiculous. And and if you just look at what's gone on with Islam in the last two or three years, uh, I think you would find that it's not hard to believe that uh, women are being raped. Were being raped back then in large numbers, and that men were, uh, you know, being murdered in large numbers. And it finally got to the point where Pope Urban said, we've got to fix this. And he said, so let's get going. And I think that that's, that's the very first thing. It used to be, by the way, before, especially before ISIS, this was a little bit harder to get people to believe. Mm. But then after, now that what's happened with ISIS and the large number of people being, have, being beheaded or, uh, you know, being set on fire or whatever, people don't have such a hard time believing that anymore. So do you think it's correct in a, in a conversation if I say or someone says, uh, did you know the First Crusade was called for defensive reasons? You think that's accurate? Oh, absolutely. Now, the Crusades were largely defensive, hmm. except for when they were called against, like, the Knights Templar or, or whatever. They, the Crusades were, were defensive against the spread of Islam. Hmm. Islam, and we've seen this recently, but Islam wasn't exactly taking, going to places and doing polling and saying, well, you know, would you like to become Muslim or do you want to stay as you are? Let's, we're going to start, uh, open up polling booths and see if you would like to become Muslim. They weren't doing right. that. Nobody, I don't think your listeners today would have any doubt about that. They had conquered, by the time Pope uh, Urban had called the First Crusade, they had conquered two-thirds of, of uh, the Christian world by force. Wow. Again, they weren't setting up polling booths. They weren't asking people's opinion. They had conquered two-thirds of the Christian world by force. And and so, like I say, Pope Urban had gotten to the point where he said, well, enough's enough. We've got to stop this, and he encouraged people to join in the crusade. So, yeah, it was a defensive war, and I think we, we need to point this kind of thing out. Right. And so I think it first dawned on me in 2006, I was in Spain for about four months, and I started looking around, and I saw a lot of Islamic architecture and, and it kind of threw me off. And I looked at some of the writings. The history of bullfighting was defense against the Moors, basically black Muslims from Africa. And that's when it started to dawn on me, wait a second, Islam really tried to come into uh, and invade Europe. And that's when I realized the Crusades were really going back to lands that were previously Christian. Wasn't North Africa and the Middle East Christian before Muhammad? 
Well, sure they were. And, uh, I mean, Christianity had spread all through North Africa. Uh, certainly, uh, Christianity was the primary religion in uh, Turkey. In fact, the letters to the seven churches in Revelation, of course, are all were, were all in Turkey. Mm. And so, yes, the, this was all, uh, th- these were all Christian countries, and, the, and Islam was taking over the world by force. And they were not just by force, but by a bloody, uh, by rape and murder, uh, that kind of force. And so, yeah, uh, so I think that in every way the Crusades were a just war. And you mentioned Spain. My short answer when people say, Oh, well, yeah, the Crusades were bad. If I'm talking to a non-Muslim, this wouldn't go so far with a Muslim, I'll say, you know, aren't you glad, though, that Spain and Italy, and for that matter, basically all of the, uh, you know, all of Europe are not under Muslim control today, because that was the price. In fact, Martin Luther even wrote and said, you know, that the, the Muslims were coming for Germany. He says, and we've got to do something about it. There was a crusade called in 1517, which was the same year that Martin Luther posted the 95 Theses to the Wittenberg door. Wow. Wow. So I I think, you know, I mean, yeah, we needed to stop this, and there's nothing wrong with Christians taking up arms as long as it's a just war. There's nothing wrong with a Christian taking up arms, but not in the name of being a Christian, and this is what Martin Luther objected to. You don't do it in the name of Christ. Christ's not an army. But but Christians can see Romans chapter thirteen, uh, you know, be a part of a government that is that is righting wrongs. Now that's an interesting point that you bring up, and it's almost a, a separation there in the minds of the individuals. Um, would you say the example could be a Christian can join? you know, the the United States, Air Force, Army, Marines, Navy, and fight as a American, but they're not actually representing Christ. Is that a accurate? Well, sure. I don't, I don't think, I, I don't know who really would object to that. Uh, I mean, uh, you would have to, I think you'd want to weigh, you know, you're, you're going to need out what kind of, weigh out what kind of battles you might, or wars you might engage in. Sure. But I don't, you know, I, I don't see any there's problem with a Christian being uh, a member of the United States military or the military of another government. Right. Well, I'd have a problem, I guess, having a Christian be a part, obviously, of an Islamic government. But that's uh, that's a whole different thing. No, no. I mean, these are these are tough decisions that get, you know, kind of parsed out. But going going back to what you said before about you know, Islam really being aggressive. I mean, that's what was surprising to me is, is I read in some of the books, um, I think you had us read Rodney Stark's um, book on the Crusades, and it talked about the Pope in Italy paying tribute to invading Muslims in the 800s, way before, you know, the Crusades. Well, yeah, certainly over the centuries. One of the things people need to understand is that over the centuries, uh, a lot, this is not, when you talk about the Crusades at all, you're talking about something that went on from the 600s uh, through the 1500s. And, well, I mean, when did it ever stop, really? Uh, so, you know, maybe, well, we're not, of course, still having crusades. We haven't had that for centuries. But uh, certainly they went on into the 1500s. But the problems, what I was referring to, is the problems with Muslims has been going on basically since uh, Muhammad 
and so and 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 here we are. Right. Uh, and I just think people need to think through the loss. Now, you know, one of the biggest things though is people say, "Yeah, but didn't Crusaders do a lot of evil things?" Mm. And they did, but. But one of my biggest points on that, because that's what you're going to hear, but Crusaders killed Jews and Crusaders tried to convert by force. That's true, but no crusade was ever called against the Jews. In other words, they did these terrible things on their own. Mm. And uh, I, I, I always emphasize to people, well, I keep thinking I'm going to write a blog on it. One of these days I may get a right around to it, but I'm working on an, another book. Uh, but when it comes to a blog, I've been born wanted to write one entitled most christians aren't throughout the in fact that's what martin luther said about the crusades himself he says there probably weren't seven christians in the entire crusader army he didn't think most of the people in the crusades were christians in the first place and so the fact that crusaders were doing a lot of evil things well sure they were Right, uh, and that's just. But they weren't Christians. They were just going out and doing what non-Christians do, when in the name of the Crusades. So you're saying human beings of any religion are sinful? Well, I mean, yeah, sure. In fact, uh, the only time you're going to get people being righteous at all is if they're truly Christians. Mm. Uh, and but but when it came to the terrible things that many Crusaders did, many of these people at least weren't Christians. And this isn't again. I stress, and I mention this in my blog on the topic. This isn't just my idea. This is what Martin Luther thought, and crusades were called, well, in his lifetime. Right. He didn't think most of the people who were crusading were Christians in the first place. And and so, certainly when you read some of the preaching, like uh, the preaching of St. Bernard of Clairvaux and preaching the Second Crusade, the way he addresses the people of Europe doesn't sound like they're even Christians. But he's here's a chance, guys, that you can go and fight, though. Mm. And so when people say that Crusaders did a lot of evil things, that does not tell us about whether the crusade itself was a good or bad idea. We don't judge, for instance, whether uh, the Iraq war was uh, was right or wrong by the fact that a lot of people did some terrible things in the Abu Ghraib prison. Oh. We don't judge whether Vietnam was right or wrong because uh, a lot of people, uh, because of the My Lai massacre. And by the way, a lot of people don't know this, but the the uh, at the end of World War II, the Russians basically raped every woman in East Germany. Oh, wow. uh, and I'm, you know, again, this is on my blog, if people want to see the reference, but they, they raped every woman in, in, in East Germany. Now, we don't say that because the Russians raped every woman in East Germany after World War II, that the Russians shouldn't have fought against the Germans in World War II. And, and we really need to separate those issues, because that's what you always hear is, yeah, but crusaders were so evil, and a lot of them were evil. But that doesn't tell me whether the crusades themselves were a good idea or not. Good point. No, no, it's a good distinction. So if I'm in a conversation and someone brings up the crusades, it would be good for me to talk about the crusades being defensive. They were called by Pope Urban II for defensive reasons, but that doesn't mean I condone everything that happened. I don't condone all that you Right. In fact, not only do you not condone everything that happens, you reject, right. you know, and denounce many of the things that happened. Uh, people, crusaders shouldn't have killed Jews. That wasn't, but that, again, that was not part of the original mandate. That was just something stupid that a lot of wicked crusaders were doing. Right. And so not only would I not 
you know, I mean, I would denounce those things. Absolutely. But again, we distinguish between the call of the crusade and whether that was just and the way various crusaders were responding to it. No, that's a great point. And and let me just go back to something you said when you were talking about the Crusades lasted from the 600s, right after Muhammad, uh, to the 50s. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I better clarify that. I don't mean the Crusades started in 600. I mean, I meant that, wow, yeah, I misspoke. What, what, that's when the Muslims started taking over right, the, all the right. world that they could. The Crusades did not start until 1095. So, yeah, I, I was thinking about when the uh, Muslim expansion and the right. Muslim conquest began, and that was uh, that was in the 600s. And I, I took it that way. I, I, I That's how I took it when you said the 600s to the 1500s was the aggression on the Muslim side. But now correct me if I'm wrong, the Crusades, when we say the Crusades and we're talking about the West now— um, the response. The response. We're talking 1095. That's about, when it began. That was the first crusade, yes. And then we're talking about a 200-year period. Is that correct? Oh, no. We're talking about, as I say, they started, the first one was 1095, but crusades were still being called in the 1500s. Oh, okay, okay. And so think about it just for a minute. When people talk about an event like this, something that went on literally for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, uh, people want this just quick answer what's what's the quick answer to this well you're talking about something that went on for for hundreds of years and i do by the way have a quick answer and that is when people ask me they go well what about the crusades my my short reply is the the crusades were a good idea (laughs) and that really gets people's attention but uh, and then obviously you have to go on and explain but i think the crusades were a really good idea well there's nothing wrong with the little shock value i mean some people in different conversations get very aggressive and uh sometimes you you we don't want to be self-right we don't want to be, you know, know it all. But at the same time, sometimes people don't know what they're talking about when they say, what about the Well, crusades? in fact, when it comes to the Crusades, most people don't know what they're talking about. Right. Because what happened was, and I talk about this too, that uh, you had during the quote-unquote the so-called enlightenment, which was really not an enlightenment, mm. but what you had is people, a lot of authors and and uh, leaders wanting to disparage Christianity, and so th- they started whipping, uh, using the Crusades as a whipping post for the Christians, uh, And but a, a lot of what they've said is just simply false, and uh, by the way, to emphasize, most today, most of the scholars on the Crusades, like Rodney Stark, Thomas Madden, uh, and uh, others uh, were convinced that the, we've, this is a lot of what you've heard about the Crusades has just been uh, non-Christian propaganda, trying to put it into as bad a light as we can. Another crusader, Cambridge's Jonathan Riley Smith, who for decades was the, you know, the uh, professor of ecclesiastical history at Cambridge, uh, I mean, he doesn't, he agrees. This is just, a lot of this is just uh, propaganda. Mm, so people use it just as that trump card and say, what about the Crusades? And then we don't know our history, which, I mean, honestly, how many people know all of history? But it becomes very nice to have a couple of these facts down. In fact, right after your class, I went back to work and... um 
I was with, uh, there was a younger Christian and there was two older guys in their forties and they were kind of beaten up on him about the crusades. And I had just written the, written the paper that you made us write <laughs> as the taskmaster you were and made us learn stuff. Indeed. And, and, uh, I asked the question, that's kind of when I started the way that I do it. And in the middle of it, I just said, what year was the first crusade? And the guy looked at me and he was, and I said, I'm not trying to be know-it-all or anything, but what year was the first crusade? And he couldn't answer it. And the truth was, I was just trying to shut him up just a little bit. I mean, not to sure. be mean, but he was being rude and aggressive. And I was just pointing out the fact that if you can't tell me it was Pope Urbane II that started the first crusade for defensive purposes in 1095, then why are you, you know, kind of yelling at my friend about the crusades if you don't know what you're talking about? And right. uh, it got, it, it mellowed. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, people. You know, I mean, non-Christians are looking for anything that they can beat up uh, the cause of Christ with. And, of course, the Crusades, because they don't understand what really happened there, Mm -hmm. and because they have heard a lot of propaganda, uh, it's easy for them. It makes a convenient way to beat the Christians up over something. But really, uh, the Crusades were, uh, I'm going to say it one more time, the Crusades were largely a good idea. Right, right. And so that's why I'm glad you're teaching your classes at Biola. I'm glad you're writing on this in your blog. I know your blog, The Truth About the Crusades, is a great one people can start with. Um, So let me move on to talking about um, what were the individual motivating factors for crusaders. And, And the reason I'm bringing that up is it was in your class that I realized you know what, if you take all the strong men you have to guard your homestead, that leaves you really open for harm. Were people going to make money? Were they going for self? What were they individuals going for? Well, you have a lot of you know personal reasons why somebody might want to go on the Crusades, but uh, you know, I mean that that sometimes I've had one author put it down to just wanderlust that these people wanted to go on a you know a chance to see a lot more of the world than they'd already seen. But uh, I would go again that the call. And what caused the crusaders to the, the first crusaders to really respond and say God wills it mm-hmm. was that they heard that people were being uh, you know I mean the women were being raped and men were being uh, beheaded uh, just like they are today and finally you know I mean and so men just said spoke up and said we've got to do something about this this is not you know I mean I, I don't think it's it needs to be more complex than that did they so that was the call did they have other motives uh, did some of them want to go out and see the world or engage in battle or sure yeah. but but uh, again uh, the the real the call and and I think we should stick with this this is historical the call was because people were being destroyed in the name of Islam and they decided enough's enough we've got to stop this now that's a that's a great point to bring it right back there to the defensive nature um, can you talk just a little bit about just war theory and how that fits in and if people say you know was this a just war I think we know a little bit of where you're going to go but what how would you explain just war theory well Augustine was the one who articulated the just war theory and it was and I mentioned three of them 
Uh, one is a just war required a just cause, and a just cause for Augustine was to recover property or to repel attack. Well, check, uh, because the, the Muslims were taking over people's property and, and uh, attacking everybody they could, so that's met. The second major just war requirement was it had to be called by a proper authority and not, in other words, a neighborhood couldn't call it just war. And again, check, uh, the Crusades were called by popes and supported by secular authorities. In fact, King Richard the Lionheart personally went off to war. Uh, and uh, the third thing, and the biggest is, or not the biggest, but another major one is just wars require right intentions because, you, in other words, the war is the only way to bring justice. If you can get justice through another way, uh, then then you should get it through that other way. But again, when it comes to right intention, check. You, we're not going to go back, go to the Muslims and say, hey, look, you've taken a over a lot of land by force, uh, you've 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 uh, you've taken over uh, Christian churches and you've done this that the other thing. We want you to give it all back. They're not. They weren't going to do that. And so certainly, uh, it was the only means of achieving a justifiable purpose. So so I think it meets all the criteria of a just war. Right. No, that that makes sense. And was correct me if I'm wrong on this, but wasn't it the Byzantine Empire? Wasn't it them calling the Western Church for help? Well, yes. I mean, you know, Constantinople, uh, which is today Istanbul, mm-hmm. uh, which was the kind of the was the head of the Eastern Church, was the the headquarters of the Eastern Church, said we need help. Right. And uh, so, yeah, that's absolutely correct. So they called to the Pope Urban, and said, we need help. Please come help us. And so absolutely. No, that makes sense. I think we're, we're driving home the defensive point well. And just kind of as we wind down here, um, I want to ask this question, because this is the way it comes at us sometimes, is we talk about um, religion in general with people, and they'll say, well, there's violence in both Christianity and Islam. And so they both equally have violence. Um, what's how do you handle that? Well, I would handle that by saying we need to take everything case by case, and whether or not the violence uh, was a ju- was what would qualify as a just war or not. Uh, sure, certainly, there's unjust wars. For instance, Germany should not have decided to murder all the Jer- Jews in Europe, and Germany shouldn't have decided to take over Poland and Czechoslovakia and France and etc. But so that was unjust on their part. But it was certainly a just war for the United States and other and Britain and other countries to ent- enter into war against them. That was certainly a just war. And so you can't. There's, there's no simple answer to that. But one of the things that I always point out is when people say, um, "Yeah, but Christians are, are, are so often engaged in war." Well, so have the atheists. Mm. Uh, the Soviet Union and China, Cambodia, uh, and and one country after another have engaged in genocide, and they've done it in the name of atheism. So the fact that there's war, that people are are engaging in war, doesn't tell me that much about war, frankly, because you need to look at whether the war, whether the call of the war, at least, was just or not. 
Right, right. No, fantastic point. Well, Professor Jones, thank you for coming on and talking about the Crusades. And what we're trying to do here is bring apologetics to the people, um, give solid answers for things that people bring against Christianity. And one of the criticisms we're talking about today is what about the Crusades when people use that as a trump card against Christianity? Um, and here at The God Solution, we always like to give the gospel. The simplest way I've heard the gospel presented was as the ABCs. You confess your need for Christ. Confess that we are, need to be adopted in his family. The religious word is sinful. Um, whether you can see that as morally corrupt, we are definitely imperfect, far from anything that we can reach God. We believe in the death, deity, and resurrection of Christ, and we accept Christ as Lord and Savior. And when we do that, I like the word trust has been used as a, as a more accurate description of the modern word faith. People say faith and use it as blind faith or faith without reason. But trusting in Christ is trusting in um, evidence and a historically verifiable religion. Um, the example I like for trust is someone's doing a high wire act. They walk across the wire. The crowd applauds and they say, do you think I can do it again? Now who will stand on my shoulders? So if you stand on the shoulders or sit on the shoulders of the person crossing the wire, you now trust, <laughs> trust them. And that's what we need to do with Christ. Well, Professor Jones, can you please give your information one more time? I know you mentioned your, blo your the blog, The Truth About the Crusades. What is your, your blog site again? My blog site is just clayjones.net. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Clay B. Jones, at Clay B. Jones for Twitter. And, uh, of course, I'm on Facebook and a whole bunch of other things. But those are the, those are the biggest and, of course, I teach full-time in the Master of Arts in Christian Apologetics program at Biola University. Highly recommended. Thank you. Appreciate you being on. Pleasure to be with you, Grant. You've been listening to The God Solution. We hope that you were encouraged by what you heard today and are better equipped to share Christ this week. You can get the audio from today's broadcast and all the past God Solution shows at godsolutionshow.com. Thanks for listening and being a part of The God Solution.